Gage. Welcome to the podcast where we deliver practical insights and tactics to improve customer engagement in every episode. This podcast is brought to you by Destiny Engage, the customer engagement platform for growing businesses. Hello, this is Chris Parker with the Engage podcast. I'm your host today, and I'm having a conversation with Lee Carmichael, who is the customer experience manager at Destiny Netherlands. And we're going to unpack the value of training and onboarding and how important that is in the customer experience and, and how that, you know, with the proper training, you know, employees at your organization can engage with their customers much, much better. And we'll see where this goes. Um, Lee, thank you for joining. Uh, we always have great conversations, and now we're, we decided to to, to to record one. And fascinated where this goes. But, but before we get into the content, can you please just introduce yourself and how did you get to the place of customer experience manager with Destiny Netherlands? Yeah, thirty minutes, right? I'll try and keep it short. Um, Lee Carmichael. Um, formerly been working as a technical product and support trainer. How I came into that, we might have enough time. And just recently, as an organization, we started setting up our whole customer experience project. And um, I applied for that job. Kind of suited me, I thought. Um, and having an awful lot of fun doing it. A lot of insights and uh, very important stuff. Same as training, but it kind of converges in a lot of ways. Let me un let me unpack that a little bit. Customer experience can be an abstract term for people. Um, um, what about customer experience suited you? I'm curious curious how you would describe that. Thinking of revenue, thinking of the brand, these are things that everybody's doing. And then suddenly in that middle part, you've got customer experience. I was a little bit apprehensive to apply for this job. First of all, I thought, well, you know, it's fancy customer experience, CX, it sounds great. So I did do a little bit of research beforehand. How serious are we as an organization that we are really going into the customer experience uh, path? Um, it turned out that as an organization, we're taking this very, very serious, which got my juices flowing. Um, and it's new. It's something that we really have to learn. Um, but to see how engaged the organization is and really wants to go full on into customer experience, that made it perfect for me. Seeing it and thinking that I knew what it was got me into some kind of research to see other companies, how were they doing it. One of the fun things is, not only myself, but also my colleagues started to see what customer experience is. Because um, I think as an organization, our customer experience is um, good. But most of all, I think our customer experience is good by accident. We have these happy little accidents and it goes well. Um, but how do you take out those little accidents and make sure that we, that we can reproduce them. Mm. So, so that's the fun part. 
So moving beyond the Bob Ross strategy of customer experience into something yeah. more deliberate. Yeah, I like love, that. I love that. So um, what we're going to do now is sort of open the veil because, of course, Lee is working internally on the customer experience program, you know, uh, representing the Netherlands. Um, and with his background and training, we thought, hey, let's unpack that because in the area of business communications, which of course is related to, to engagement, customer engagement, engagement between employees, um, sometimes these technologies can be complex. And how can you, through training, onboarding, care, um, help those humans benefit from the technology in a way which is really natural and of course is productive for you know the companies they, that they work for so i'm curious um training onboarding um why is that a, why is that important why can't you just send a manual and you know rtfm kids get you know figure it out yeah i think first of all you have to look complete opposites you've got two complete opposites on the spectrum you've got let's say netflix what does netflix do it shows movies and series they've got a great onboarding strategy because everything is absolutely intuitive um don't call it like uh, an, an an image algorithm based distribution system application no that's instagram we know how it works we log in and we can use it so that's I won't say easy. You need an amazing onboarding process, just those first couple of steps. And then you've got your audience hooked because they know how it works. It's intuitive. Uh, on the complete other side of the spectrum, you've got Microsoft Excel. Everybody can use a spreadsheet. Everybody can pump some numbers in there. But as most of us do, we use Microsoft Excel quite a lot. Um, Think about the amount of time that you're dragging and dropping and doing all sorts of formulas and asking your colleagues to help you out because you have no idea what you're doing. If you know how to use Microsoft Excel um, for the way you're using it on your day-to-day -day life, uh, that's going to save you an incredible amount of time. You can't just dump somebody in front of Microsoft Excel, but you can easily dump someone in front of Netflix. Can you use the Netflix approach with Excel? No, let's not do that. Because you need to know what are the things that an end user is doing day to day and tell them, wait a minute, if you do this, that's going to save you 30 minutes a day at least. Um, so what, what is the end user doing with it? What's your... What's your product? What do we as an organization intend our end users are going to use the product for? And then tune into that. I'm curious, you know, going back to happy little accidents. Um, and, and let's talk about little ha happy little aha moments. Um, in training, I'm guessing that something early on would provide some sort of reward so so it, the, the human using it you know imagine someone hasn't seen excel before um and then they're you know they're presented with this grid and they need to do a few things and then and then they're like like this wow it can do that i mean you know it, it can it can just all those numbers and you just write equals some bracket boom 
wow, you know, there's that, that wow moment. Yeah. Um, how do you like to build in those wow moments in, in, in training? Um, I think mainly know your customer. If I look really personal, the way I started off training, we uh, predominantly were uh, providing customers with uh, hosted telephone systems. And, you know, everybody picks up the phone, has a conversation, because that's what we do. We facilitate users to have conversations, meaningful com conversations or conversations that are going to make you money as a business. Uh, but that's what we do. But everybody knows that little part. What we mainly do is give them efficient uh, possibilities to use during their phone calls. Say, um, uh, an integration with your CRM system so that when the phone rings, you know it's oh, it's Chris. You know, and I see in one instance, I see my last meeting with you, I see my next meeting with you, and I can say, oh, Chris, you're calling for the podcast. Uh, two seconds, I'll connect you with my colleague. And then you get into helping customers, helping users provide their customers with service without it costing extra time or money because it, it automatically works. But if you don't know that it automatic, automatically works, you don't know how to bracket some is. Um, you've got a great system, but you're just using it to maybe 10% of its potential, hence uh, Excel. Um, and I think one of, the, one, of, one of the most engaging moments I had was before I was a trainer, I was an account manager. And I came to the conclusion, you know, these customers are really dumb they don't know how to use our products. To be honest, you also have to think, or are we providing them with a below par service? Well, I, I think customers are dumb is, is a, uh, it's a different perspective on the curse of knowledge, you know, because, because we are the masters of this and we built it based on our preference and yep. probably having forgotten that, that I am not the user. Um, and then, someone comes out of the blue who's perhaps even higher intelligence, maybe better trained on other stuff, but they're like, what does this, you know, the computer says no. Yeah, um, so exactly. I'm, yeah. I, I'm curious, you know, in the concept of training and onboarding, um, there's Netflix on a very simplistic, you know, you know, touch the button, get the video. And there's Excel, which is this hyper complex thing that probably all of us use like 2% of the capabilities, honestly. You know, there's this, this, this depth of, of possibility there. Um, there, be, there. There's different formats or methods of training, meaning, meaning on one hand, you could have FAQs, you could have just little videos on, on the internet, you could have a structured, you know, e-learning, uh, maybe when a support person is talking to someone, that's also a moment for training. Oh, I'm sorry, you pressed the 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 blue pill, and you should have you know clicked the red pill, you know, so that, you know that kind of stuff. And, and then there's already also to like like uh, you know like like customer success, which is like doing detailed handholding and and and, and that kind of thing. Um, how how would you advise companies to look at you know, understanding their user, understanding the complexity of the product, and then, and then maybe selecting and, and refining their approach to training that is appropriate for them? I think, first of all, having the, the guts to 
just ask the the customer how they're doing, which veers heavily into CX. And a lot of there are a lot of situations where we just don't really dare to ask them because let's not open that can of worms. But how many people within a within a company are efficiently using our product? Because of course we talk about churn and it's terrible, but if a customer really uses your product, they, they're not going anywhere because it's saving time. But ask on a user level, how many people are using product X? Or, you know, once you get further into uh, into tech, you can use metrics to see how much times people are using your tech. But I think down in the base, it's just asking them, do you use our tech? Uh, I saw it as an account manager and I wasn't looking for it. It was something that kept popping up wait a minute, you know, you're doing this wrong. Can I help you? Uh, but then you need an organization or space or resources uh, to jump into that um, and go through that journey, go through that onboarding journey yourself or ask um, participants, your wife, friends, just anybody, just sit them down behind the computer. This is our onboarding, you know, we'll give you a, a gift certificate, sit down and then ask them some questions um, and see how well you're doing it. Because our engineers and nothing but praise for the guys, but they're talking on a completely different level than the standard user. They have no idea what tech is. If they want an internet and TV subscription, the only place they'll get that is if the mechanic comes, opens up the cupboard and leaves when everything's working. Otherwise, it's a no-go. And technical-minded people, you know, I, I don't want that guy because I'm going to use my own router and I'm going to connect that myself to my home automation system. And these are the guys that we're asking to explain stuff to other people um, using terms like a hosted cloud telephony communication system. No, it's a phone. The guy picks up the phone and has a conversation. He's only thinking about the complaints coming in the next morning and how to connect to his colleague. Um, but really be able to see that on, on, on all the levels. Um, I think that's important. Where are you now? What's the Aziz situation? I, I'm wondering if dog fooding or champagne drinking, um, meaning using it yourself, like as you're talking about going out and listening, um, uh, I, I worked some time ago with a, a, a women's shoe brand um, and, and we're doing some customer experience and, and, and customer data work there. And what I did at the beginning of that was actually, oddly, I went shopping <laughs> for women's shoes. You know, I, I went, you know, into Amsterdam at the Omoto and, or Omoda, you know, and looked online, you know, how do they buy these things? You know, then, okay, then track down like, like, a, why did you buy these? You know, just trying to figure out what is the experience of women's shoes? Because honestly, I had no idea. Um, and that was that was really revealing. Similarly, with uh, when I was doing some also um, customer experience, uh, CRM work with a hotel chain, I had to go um, to stay at the hotel. And, and, and well, what is it? You know, and, and signed up for the loyalty card and, and went through the booking process and canceled the room, you know, just do all that stuff and just see, well, how is it? How is it? How is it working? Um, so I'm, I'm curious um, there's a, there's a dimension of curse of knowledge because, you know, if you've built it and then you're using it yourself, then, then you can only learn so much, but how, do, how, you know, uh, other than getting your, your wife or your friends in, how can you 
dog food, eat this, your own, eat your own dog food to learn where the pain points are, maybe to refine the product, but also to, to help reduce the friction of that onboarding boarding experience. The way I uh, went through that journey was to sit down with my engineers and have them train me, uh, document that. And one of the first things I found uh, separately from the way they communicate is that they were all different. So we can have a customer that would have an amazing onboarding because we had loads of time, everything was great. And uh, it was an articulate guy. He loved doing it. It was kind of a passion. And then we had an installation where it hit the fan. You know, we didn't have an awful lot of time left um, and they had a completely different experience. It's the same product, the same people, the same business, the same business strategy. And yeah, the one had an amazing onboarding process that the other didn't. Uh, and also committing that we are training you. So beforehand, one of the first steps we needed to make was tell a customer, this is our process. This is the way we do things. Uh, on the installation day, you will get a training. The training will uh, will be uh, an hour long. Um, and these and these people will get the training. So by even calling it a training, that was a huge step because we had customers that said, I didn't get a training. And the engineer said, I was working with them for 45, an hour and a half. Um, but by calling it a training is committing to training. And then you have to work on the next steps. Make sure that everybody tells the same story, um, that they, the points that we need to go through, let's not go into the settings, guys. That's not really important, especially not if this is all new for you. Uh, so let's really tell them and explain them how they can use the product. And as I always tell uh, new customers, the training is 80% enthusiasm, 20% knowledge. Um, and I think my aha moment, once you start doing that and you start explaining them how to uh, personalize their own environments uh, and how they can do the fun stuff like the sum bracket is equals to, uh, that at the end of a training, that people can't wait to jump behind their workspace and do that. That is amazing because people that really accept the products that you're delivering, yeah, suddenly you don't get a decision maker that's really happy because efficiencies raise 20%. No, you get about 350 ambassadors that start bragging to their mm. friends and family. Oh man, the system we have is amazing. Uh, and I think right down to that bottom, that's an, awful, uh, an often forgotten part of, uh, of your business. Uh, go back to the 80% enthusiasm, 20% knowledge, I think you said. Yeah. Um, what, what, what does that mean? It's not hard. At least it doesn't have to be hard. Um, once you start talking about hosted cloud communication systems, short, short circuit, you know, please go away. I've used this phone for 25 years. I want to keep using this phone. Um, but once you make it easy, make it understandable and make them see that it's not scary, 
And luckily enough, we're in a situation where everybody's got a cell phone in their pocket. So as long as people still have their, their old Nokias in their pocket, um, you can't expect them to uh, embrace tech. But we, we are going into a situation where people are, are used to tech uh, and make the bridges with the tech that's already known at this point. Mm. Yeah, this, this brings me back in, in my career because I, I did a lot of work with ERP, so large enterprise systems. And there was once uh, working in Canada and we were doing upgrade of the system from three to five and, and version three was on, on, a, on a terminal. And, and people who had mastered the keystrokes of like green screen. So there was no graphical user interface. It's just typing and they knew all the shortcuts and they could just fly. And we were upgrading them to a GUI, a graphical user interface, you know, window style. And they hated it. Because it, it slowed them down so much, so much. And so um, what, we, what we did as a consulting team is we said, well, how can we get around this? You know, so, so it, what we did find out was there was a lot of shortcuts and hotkeys and stuff like that. And, and we found ways and then we had to go back and, and, and try to, to shift them. Like that person who loved that phone, you know, to go from a, a Nokia all the way to an iPad was maybe too big of a jump. And so like, well, well okay, well, here's the iPad, but here's how you do your basic stuff, you know, and in, in a way which is as fast and as intuitive, but it really took us the time to, to empathize and listen and, and realize why they hated the upgrade so much. And, and they weren't wrong, actually, they weren't wrong. And in the, in the enthusiasm side, I guess, um, there's a, there's an element of care and appreciation, meaning to be enthusiastic, you know, I think you have to, be appreciative of those humans and also have a bit of, I don't know, you have to like the product you're training as well. I mean, I mean, there, the, 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 I guess there has to be a sort of this perfect storm of, Hey, I care about you. I appreciate this product. Let's make magic and, and call that training. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, and that's exactly it. It's, it's down to, down to the human emotion, literally, because it's, not everybody's waiting. Oh, there's Lee. He's going to tell us how to use use this new system that we are not liking already. I haven't seen it, but I don't like it. Um, thinking about your uh, with all the shortcuts. If we look at phones, it just said Nokia. I used to be able to text message blindly under the table. Have my phone in my hand. I'd be texting you. Man, this this podcast is going on for a long time, and nobody would see that. We can't do that anymore. Texting is a slower process. We cannot do it blind. Uh, but we got so much more instead of that. And that's kind of the way that uh, if we look at products, it, it isn't only providing you with a perfect service and something new. But if there are things that are really going to change like a GUI, um, what's in it for them? Uh, let's give them something that they'll forget about something that they've been used to that is really efficient, but just doesn't work anymore in the, in, in the current day and time. Uh, and as long as you can give them something back and something that will work on their personal level, um, like I said with Excel, if, if every day you're doing the same repetitive uh, action, if I can help you with a little formula that will solve that, well, you're going to be my best friend and your boss is going to be my best friend too. 
Um, and that's also a piece of enthusiasm. If you can really help them without uh, giving them something without them having to give you something back. Mm. So it's a present. Yeah, it's a gift. I'm curious um, with enthusiasm and, and, I'm, and I'm curious if you have some advice on this. Sometimes when I'm, I guess, training or showing somebody something, I have a strong desire based on enthusiasm to take the keyboard and, and just do it myself. And then, but then when I start to realize, it's like, ooh, if I use the keyboard, that person's not going to learn as much. And so I'm like, uh, you know, ah, uh, you know, like, so how do you balance that? Do it for them to get them to do it themselves. And and when do you know you're there? Like, like when is someone trained? I, th I think that's a very hard question. One of the things um, during COVID, of course, you know, our hands were tied. We suddenly were talking through a screen. I have no idea if you're watching my training or not, which is really difficult. You're training uh, live in, in, in a group, you, you can kind of scare. And if you can use them to show um, how things work, um, that will really help them. One of the great things I've always been lucky with is that we plan that ourselves, that nearly directly after the training, they could use the product uh, in real time, live. Um, so based on my experience training our products, it was really good to look over their shoulders. Um, and instead of making it a very hands-on training, we didn't have an awful lot of time. That's the other thing. Um, I'm learning you how to use your new communication system. Um, the decision maker isn't going to close the company down for two full days so that everybody can go into that. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a close balance of telling them how things work in an easy way, making sure that they can use the product as soon as possible after a training, um, and then helping them, looking over their shoulder. Uh, and literally being the, we're working on AIs now, but being the AI there looking over the shoulder and anticipating where their problems are and giving the right amount of attention to the right person. And that's something that you can do in live training. If you're, if you're on the spot, you can, you, you already know, well, that guy, he knows exactly how it works. You know, he needs no attention. And then you can really focus on the, uh, on the people that, are kind of scared and veer them out of fright and help them uh, be amazing. Help them out of fright. That again, what what a what a human experience that is, and 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 out of fright and out of discomfort, out of new. You know, people call it resistance to change, but but you know, but sometimes people are are just yeah, don't get it. Um. I, I want to flip the page a little bit to organizational aspects. Um, and I'm thinking of our listeners now, you know, who are, you know, SMBs, mid-enterprise, may, you know, maybe, maybe some larger enterprise. Um, who, who would be the best person to do training? Like, like, is this some, is your recommendation to have a training specialist or is it somebody who like, like what, what would that, profile look like that would that would be you know this 80 percent enthusiasm 20 percent knowledge um if, if if someone's inspired by this to say oh yeah we need to really look at onboarding and, and, and shift into this uh where would you advise they they 
start, you know, with that initial seed in, in the form of probably a person to say, hey, own this for us and go go make something happen here? Yeah, to, to be honest, not specifically in uh, in a department. Uh, just looking at my own organization, we have um, technical colleagues that are amazing in communication. Uh, they've got that, they're on that perfect balance of technical knowledge and customer knowledge. On the other hand, we've got sales uh, sales reps that are pretty far on technically and they have the communication skills. So it's finding the balance and finding someone that wants to do it. Um, I think you can, I love it. If, if anybody would say, do you want, right? I'm there, I'll just do it. Um, but I think it's harder to find someone that will say, okay, I'll do it. I'll just stand in front of a screen and tell people how it works. It, it, it does take a certain personality but I do think most organizations have that person in their organization, but you need to give it a chance and you need to, uh, first of all, find the need, find how are we going to do it? Because you can also skip the whole personal aspect and jump over to an e-learning system, uh, which in some situations, veering to the side of Netflix, uh, that's the way to go. You know, you don't need to, get up in a stage to explain how Netflix works. That would just look stupid. Um, so define the product, define where and what kind of help you want to provide the end user with. Um, and literally, if you don't have someone like that in your organization and it really doesn't work with, uh, uh, with an e-learning program, you can't get the right personality in there. Um, it's a very efficient person to have in your organization. Even though the if you're not full into a CX project, it's it's very it's not tangible. Uh, I've gone through years and years of working here, and what the you know we pay Lee's salary, but what's he actually bringing in? You know, nobody knows. Um, because once you're not uh, looking at the metrics, what a good onboarding provides you with, if you can't. Uh, really good it's really important we're helping our customers um so i think if you go into uh, a cx design a cx project um the onboarding to onboard to advise to expand uh once you've got those metrics then you'll suddenly find out that that one person that is the face of your organization or provides customers with the amazing knowledge to really use your products and lower churn. If you've got that, a very, very valuable person to have within your organization. If you've got them, keep them. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, my last my last question is going to be around the, the value you just mentioned about, about lowering churn. But before that, I, I, yeah, you inspired me because I would love it if you made like a YouTube channel training people on how to use obviously usable products. <laughs> Like, like just just as a comedy channel okay we're the, the next three hours we're going to talk about how to search for a movie in netflix um <laughs> you'll probably but, be surprised of the amount of views that you'll get you know and that's the other thing looking at tech people are often scared to say um that they have no idea how it works um I think one of the things that you really, I ask this question quite a lot when I'm training a new group, um, 
the most difficult thing to do in any phone system is to connect a call. And within any group that you train, there's always that one guy that has no idea how to connect a call. He's been working there for 15 years. And everybody knows that he doesn't know how to connect a call because he never connects calls. He just doesn't know how it works. And he's got through life by not connecting a call. And just asking that question, everybody says, oh, that's Hank, that's Peter. Everybody knows who that person is. And it's um, not being able to start a Netflix video or not knowing how to connect a call. Um, and once you get these people to be able to connect a call, you've got 15 people around them that are really happy because somebody finally taught Peter how to connect a call and they don't have to drop their phone calls anymore. Um, yeah, people aren't really stupid. Uh, but I think we have to help people not be stupid. You can't just assume people are stupid or people are smart. Uh, but as an organization delivering products, uh, you really need to help people not be stupid and start from the very bottom. How do you start a Netflix video? Okay, people understand that. Uh, how do I change my audio settings? How do I do that? Uh, and it, it can quickly get quite difficult. Um, looking back to that last question on on value and, and why is Lee here? Um, I, I, I mentioned, or I imagine uh, retention, satisfaction, you know, just, you know, so reducing churn are all things you could measure. Um, so instead of going down the hard business metrics thing, Lee, how, how do you measure your own success when you're doing a training? Like when, you know, when, when you, when you walk out of that experience and you're like, I done good, you know, I, you know, I created value here. And for, just for Lee, I'm curious, curious, yeah. you know, how does Lee measure? I, I think success? one of the most um, fascinating things that I went through um we, we, we had a big customer and sales rep. He brought in the customer. He brought in the dough. Um, the implementation all went perfectly technically. Uh, and I trained this group of people. I think about six sessions over a day or three. I was training these people and 80% uh, enthusiasm, 20% knowledge. And as a provider, as their, uh, their business communication provider, we were, we were invited to their trade show. Um, so we had a stage, we were going to talk about our products. So they invited us to, to their, uh, uh, to their trade show. And the moment we walked in, my colleague sitting next to me, he walked in and, uh, nobody knew who he was. And there were people walking by, Hey Lee, Hey, I had no idea who these people were. Cause I trained them about a year ago and I went through so many faces and it just kept going on. It was, hey, Lee, hey, Lee, oh, we're working well. We're connecting calls. And Peter even really knows how to connect calls now. That at that moment, if you look at the way the organization works, uh, we provide, uh, the, the bell rings for the sales rep that brings in the money. Uh, the organization is happy because our, 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 our targets being uh, being made. But right down to that, if you go into the organization, uh, I'm the face of the organization because I helped them. They had fun and they're still using that product. And it was Lee that taught them that. 
Uh, I think for me personally, that's one of the greatest experiences that, that I've had, that it wasn't the sales rep, it was this guy. Beautiful. And in an organization, you need all of that. <clears throat> Your marketing, sales, you know, customer success, onboarding, training, support, when things go bang. Um, beautiful. Lee Carmichael, the customer experience manager at Destiny Netherlands. And if you're in the Netherlands, you can find the organization at dstny.nl and around Europe, you can find it at destiny.com. And of course, if you're interested in having a customer engagement solution, we are sponsored by Destiny Engage, which is dstnyengage.com. Lee, thank you so much for joining. As always, these are just brilliant conversations. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Engage, the podcast for actionable insights and tactics to take customer engagement to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Destiny Engage, the customer engagement platform for growing businesses. For show notes, to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and to learn more about how you can transform customer engagement today, visit destinyengage.com.